Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right, uh, we are here in the sports book at Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort. David Longinati, Jeff Money Taylor. And JT, if you want to go headset, cool. If you want to stick mic, that works for me. I don't care. You can hear our voices. We're good. Uh, good to see you, gentlemen. It is a big weekend, the final live racing weekend. And as I said on Twitter earlier, I'm in a glass case of emotion. I'm I'm kind of sad that it's uh, over for live racing here, but I'm so happy that we have a huge weekend on tap. And I kind of feel the same way. I mean, uh, six months is a long is a long time to be racing. Uh, it's the longest, you know, in terms of time period from opening day to closing day in, in the history of Oakland. Uh, basically six months out of the year on weekends we're, we're here and, and offer great racing uh, for the racing fans and might I say to the best racing fans in America. It's the fifth and sixth season now. It's yeah. such a long run. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So, uh, so it, I, you know, like the end of any season, I'm, you know, part of me is saying, okay, whew, yeah, you know, thank good, thank goodness it's over. And then about four days later, I will be looking forward to the next one. There's no question. That's how I feel too. JT? And it rolls up, and we're going to roll around in December of next year, a little later start. I think the ninth. We talked about that last Saturday on the show, but uh, I think it's an excellent adjustment. I think it gives those Churchill Downs horsemen some time to get down here and get settled a little bit. Uh, the field sizes, uh, I think, were outstanding this year, David. I don't. I know you probably share my sentiments. I think the three day a week early in the season helped the numbers quite a bit. Uh, the handle. The fans, as you mentioned, responded in, in great fashion, and, and I'm just looking forward to another good one next year. And five months a year of Oakland is a lot better to me than three and a half or four months for sure. I'm in. Uh, one of the questions of the day today, guys, what is your favorite named horse that's ever competed in the Kentucky Derby? Oh, oh my goodness. Dave just, is like, just, just, what a library. Just by name, huh? Just by name. Not necessarily by performance, but one of your most I, notable I, names. I, I I tend to like like the the uh, old traditional horse names, you know, you know, monosyllable. So Swale, I think, would be one. Swale. Swale. S-W-A-L-E? Yes. Okay. And he won. All right. Well, that's a bonus. How about for you? Uh, so did Country House be a DQ and paid a hundred and something dollars. That one really sticks out in my mind back uh, a couple of years ago. But uh, good Lord, there's been so many through the years, Justin. Uh, a great redeemer I thought was a great name. He didn't run very well until he clunked it up way back. I think it was bit. They said the photographers were already out on the racetrack when he crossed, literally. That uh, that was kind of a good story there. He was a maiden at the time. But uh, there's been so many memories in this great race, and uh, I fully expect tomorrow's edition will be another extreme memorable race so we've got Phillies taking uh, center stage today with the oaks and we've also got an arkansas breeders race for uh female horses here today and then the boys taking center stage tomorrow is that right yes correct okay so let's get thoughts on the oaks first off and wes when i were talking and, and maybe in part because of the track conditions we're expecting over at churchill today but Sounds like Secret Oath getting a little more love on the tote board. Yeah, we, uh, we've we been kicking that filly around a little bit. I don't know quite what David's thoughts are. Uh, I was extremely tempted, I'll say, at 6-1 to one when I saw her morning line. Obviously, we know what she can do being here all season long at Oakland and running some bang-up races. Uh, but it's going to take a trip from her. She's going to be down on the rail, 14 fillies going postward, and that always means traffic issues. But uh, I do like the fact that Louis Saez picks up the mount. Uh, Louis very much in demand. I think if anybody can work out a trip uh, for Wayne Lucas, it will be him. But uh, there is val- some extremely good value to be had uh, in the Oaks, much like the Derby tomorrow. 
And uh, I'm probably going to see it uh, post time and see exactly what that tote board says because I think that's going to dictate more strategy from me than it usually does because this field is so deep, so evenly matched. And if I see a bargain out there at 8 or 10 to 1, I'm going to have to take advantage of it. Have you decided yet? Uh, I am going in. I like Nostalgic. I think she was a uh, very nice second to uh, Echo Zulu, who's getting a lot of attention up there this week. She'll be one of the favorites. Nostalgic, 10 to 1, 12 to 1, maybe even better. And I like her price better than I do Secret Oath, who I think will be around the 4 to 5 to 1 range. And, and value is the name of this game. you got to bet with your head, not your heart. So uh, I'm just going to see what the value presents itself. Secret Oath looked so outstanding here. Is it was it the field that made her look so good? Is she that good? Are we so close to her that we, you know we, you know we are betting with our heart? Indeed, indeed, Wes, and and you raise a good point. Uh, yes, she probably didn't fit face the best company uh, in the world this spring here at Oaklawn. There was a little bit of fall off in the three-year-old division here behind her. But her race in the Arkansas Derby, uh, to me, if she can run that race back, she has got to be contentious today. Uh, against the boys, she ran her heart out seven wide, didn't get out of the gate very well that day either. So uh, I think if she has a reasonably clean trip and if she is the secret oath west that we saw here all season long, I think she will definitely be a, be a, a very good representative for Oakland. I don't mean to sound like a misogynist here, but I will tell you this. There was a girl named Amy that grew up in my neighborhood, and she beat up a couple of the boys in the neighborhood. And let me tell you, something not one of the girls stepped up to fight her the rest of her life so the fact that secret did so well against the boys i got to give her a little extra credit against the ladies today so we'll see how that goes what about for you have you settled yet yeah jt you know always talks about value and i i keep you know in terms of just handicapping the race i keep coming back to echo zulu uh i didn't and despite the fact that i did not like her first start of the year she barely hung on in the fairgrounds oaks uh but as i look at this field I really see her as the only true legitimate speed in the race. Uh, I would prefer if she had had two, you know, if she had maybe a different, uh, another prep in her. But, you know, she has the, the the North America's leading trainer. Every time he wins a race, he sets a new record. Uh, Steve Asmussen has to know what to do with her. I like her workout pattern after the Fairgrounds Oaks. I think she's going to be alone on the lead. And, you know, she's not huge value, four to one. Uh, but if you're looking for an upset special in here, I like the nine Desert Dawn, Phil D'Amato's Philly, who won the uh, Santa Anita Oaks, upsetting uh, some pretty nice Phillies out there on the West Coast, even though it was a short field. Do you not like Secret Oath? Well, I, I, I love Secret Oath. I, I hope she runs a great race. Uh, but like JT, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Our, unfortunately, I, I don't think our three-year-old Phillies here this year were as good as they were in Florida and Louisiana and California. But it's a good story nonetheless. I mean, 86-year yeah, young Wayne Lucas, it would be terrific to see him in the Winter's Circle on Derby weekend again. Uh, he's got one last who are off war in him, I think, and, and this filly may represent that. Let me mention, too, we open the gates early today because the racing starts early at Churchill. Tomorrow, same deal, 9 o'clock, right? Yes. And 9.30 for the races? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, JT, I'm going to start with you on the Derby because I heard uh, – Lange already give the Heisman to the morning guys, so I don't think he's ready to commit just yet. Uh, reminds me of uh, a few of my friends over the years who are still running around single at our age. Anyway, uh, so for the Derby, what are, you, what are you looking at? Obviously, in a 20-horse field, one that has been ever-changing this week. We just had a, a late substitution. How do you decide which way to go? It is. It's, it's difficult. Um, I mean, it really starts with the pace scenario. I think the pace is going to be quick, not suicidal, but quick. 
So I'm leaning a little bit maybe to somebody from the second flight, and I am going really out of left field tomorrow. Uh, Crown Pride is going to get my official selection on top. That horse will be a monster price. Uh, you won the uh, Immigrant Derby over across the bond in his last start, a Japanese horse, and that's really what pushed me in this one's direction. The Japanese representatives uh, just in the last couple of years on the world racing stage have been nothing short of phenomenal. They used to be tosses, but they put something together with their product. I don't know what... But about two years ago, we saw them start to emerge. They dominated the Breeders' Cup action last fall. They did equally as well in the World Cup in Dubai and the Immigrant Series of Races uh, there in, in Saudi. And I just think that they have got something going here. Crown Pride has looked unbelievably good training this week. I've gotten so many reports from so many people, knowledgeable people that I respect. They really think this horse is the real deal. I'm going to jump on a hot trend here. Going to take 20 to 1, sure, and I've got to spread around a little bit. I think Pletcher's Colt Charge It is talented enough. He's not very experienced. I like him at double digits, and I like Mo Donegal also from the rail. He'll be 10 or 12 to 1. I'm going to kind of focus those three shooters around that 10, 15 to 1 range, maybe even better with Crown Pride and hopefully hit a home run with some support underneath them, some of the more traditional favorites, the epicenters and some of those others. I will say I'm an anti-Zandon player here tomorrow. I think you have to take a stand against either epicenter or Zandon, being they're going to dominate the wagering. Uh, Zandon just simply did not impress me as much as he did a lot of other people in winning the bluegrass. That number came back pretty good for him, but uh, it was still 150-plus for a mile and an eighth, and I've cut that point off previously if they don't run faster than a mile and a mile and an eighth going one minute and 50 i don't think they're better equipped as some others that have run faster in their prep so zandon is an anti to me okay. i'll use epicenter along with those three shooters and hopefully again hit a home run zandon sounds like a uh, a nemesis to superman too so i can't bet on him either that is jeff taylor's take let me go over to here to lounge who uh you know he has a saying Keep your horse out of hey, keep my horse out of your mouth. So did you hear your horse in Jeff's mouth? Yes, there? I did. Okay. Yes, I did. Dang it! I saw that uh, look on your face. I, I actually, I mean, I, I agree with I agree with two, many of the things you said. I wholeheartedly agree with the stand against Sandon. And I'm normally not the type of person that, that says, you know, this favorite can't win, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but I agree with that. I'm going to lean toward Mo Donegal. Uh, and even though, even though he did draw the one hole, and actually, what changed my mind on this was I was scanning social media the other night, and someone posted a picture of the old Kentucky Derby starting gate head-on. You know, when they had the auxiliary gate and the mm-hmm. gaps mm-hmm. where the one post position was, and the new 20-stall gate that they are now using. They used it for the first time last year, and it's a world of difference. Okay. Uh, so I mean, he, there is a decent gap between the one hole and the rail. Uh, and anyway, to be honest with you, if you, the type of horse to draw the one well, you the one hole you want it to be Mo Donegal. He's a late runner. Irad Ortiz knows how to ride him. He knows how to ride. He knows how to save ground. I think Irad Ortiz gets a Calvin Burrell type ride on Street Sense, and I think Mo Donegal is the winner. I love it. I wow. love it. All right, so you gave us a winner. We didn't give the morning show anything. I love this. This makes me so happy. This is like when Joe Klein brings us barbecue and he shuns the morning show. We love this. It makes me so happy. We're giving you all the info. we got a few questions for you. Let's talk about this coupled entry thing and the lack thereof here at Oaklawn, or at least lessened uh, numbers at Oaklawn with coupled entries. There's a reason? Yes, there is. The reason is that in a uh, there's a regulation that was passed recently, uh, I think after last year, that if same owner, same trainer uh, can be uncoupled, and it's up to the steward, you know, with with permission of the stewards and the racing secretary, in a race with a purse value of 
$25,000 or more. Well, that's everything here. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> Makes now, it easy. Our, what, what we have done is if it's a, if it's a claiming race, often they'll be coupled. Uh, but if it's a – actually, I'm, I was wrong on it. It's the claiming price of 20000 or higher than that on the statute. Okay. So if it's a if you're a $20,000 claimer, you can put two horses in a race and they, and they could be uncoupled. If it's a $10,000 claiming race, they have to be coupled. We're also going to have Kelsey Har on later. And oh, great. we were having a discussion about what what qualifies as an apprentice and how do you move to becoming not an apprentice anymore? Help us understand that. All right, when you first start out, it's called a bu- you're a bug boy or a bug girl as, as Kelsey was. Uh, there is a ten- you start out with a 10-pound weight allowance. Uh, at some point, it goes drops to seven after you win X number of races or a certain amount of time passes, and then it drops from seven to five, and then you become a journeyman. It's all based on I don't know the, what the numbers are on the number of races that you that you win in a certain period of time, uh, but it's 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 a it's a gradual reduction of of the weight allowance that you get and the reason it's done is that they're trying to kind of level the playing field you get an inexperienced jockey but you carry less weight due to the due to the apprentice allowance so they're trying to balance the you know inexperienced versus the more experienced jocks but you do get a weight break and that encourages trainers to take a shot with these young riders too if they can get in with a light you know 10 pounds is not insignificant when you're talking about a fairly evenly matched group so they'll go for an apprentice to get the lighter weight assignment uh and and it does make things a little more level a little bit more fair i guess when when things shake out well kelsey won a million dollars in purses this year so i'm assuming she won't be in that position much longer well, I think she, I, she's a journeyman now. Yeah, I think she, she lost. Is. I think she yeah, lost she, her bug she, she now. now Chelsea like, Bailey, who has also enjoyed phenomenal success, she's right. still working through her apprenticeship. And okay. uh, Kylie Jordan, another female rider that we have here, out, an outstanding meet. And you don't have to win too many of these eighty, hundred thousands to really make your year. And Kelsey and her husband Robert Klein, significant other, if you will, uh, they made it a point when they came in here in the fall to be ready. They had horses ready. She was ready, and they have enjoyed quite a bit of success. Wes had asked too: Are the payouts the same? for jockeys regardless of your status absolutely yes. so is absolutely. it 10, yes. 10% of the purse yes and 10% for the trainer it's 10, uh, yeah yes it's 10% of the winners of the winner what about it? 10% of what the owner winning owner gets goes to the trainer and the jockey for a winning mount 10 each now, yes. yes yeah now it differs for if you're second or third it's for a jockey it's 5% okay and then there's also a, a standard mount fee if you regardless of where you run, you get you get that. So, okay. And that's, I think it's I think our minimum mount fee now is a hundred dollars. Okay. Cool. Um, oh, I was going to ask you about the claim game this year. How, how would you rate the claim game at Oakland? Busy as usual? Ridiculously busy, Justin. <laughs> David and I have seen a lot of racetracks through the years, and nobody claims like they do here at Oakland. And it's a testament to the product. I always say, if there's a lot of claims, that is the surest signal that you have got a healthy vibrant racing product and obviously Oakland has been doing that for a number of years because no one in the country claims like they do right here an old handicapping technique when I like go through past performances something my father taught me years ago is if a horse has been claimed in its last race you just make a little note I I do like a little C with a circle around almost like a copyright yeah I get writer's cramp doing that these days (laughs) at Oakland because I mean it's I mean I think there's one race either today or tomorrow where I think you know six of the nine starters were claimed in their last race. Yeah. So how do you treat them in the next race after being claimed? Uh, you look at where they are claimed and where they're running. Uh, you know, if they were claimed for twenty and they're and they're running for like sixty-two, you know, six thousand two hundred and fifty, 
that kind of sends off a little bit of signal, you know, a little bit of a warning bell to you, because the goal with any trainer is to move a horse up. Uh, now, as you get to the end of a race meet, that changes because you got to have wind to get shipping money. So if if a horse fits the conditions of a race, you enter. And the psychology, Wes, it's like you know you claim a horse if you're a trainer, thinking that you can move that horse up. And, and it's always worth, as David said, a second look. If I see a horse that's been recently claimed, I always give it a second look because that trainer, that new trainer, has seen something in that animal that he can think he can improve. And you're mandated in most jurisdictions to increase by 25% of class level after you claim. And public disdains betting on class rises. They'd much rather bet class sure. droppers. So you get a built-in price advantage in that respect as well. So uh, I could not agree with David more. I, I make it a point through the years always to look at recent claims. we got to hit a break, but go ahead. One great signal a, a horse that was claimed is moving up and has an equipment change okay so, so obviously you know the, the new trainer saw something it was blinkers on or blinkers off he's he's done something that tells you that he's done something with the horse to try to improve it we got to get a break but real quick jt give us something uh from either here at oakland or churchill today with a little meat on the bone, maybe. Well, I like quick. the ninth race. Uh, not going to be a terrific price, but the three notary, Ingrid Mason's been kind of quiet here of late. I think she runs a big one today for her. That's ninth race, number three, notary. That would be my play of the day. Very good. And now, assuming you're saving up for tomorrow. Well, no, I got one today. Well, all right, then. I got one today. Look at yeah. you. It's Usually a he's like, I'm only, uh, I'm only working <laughs> no, no, on tomorrow's No, no, no. Okay. It, no, this is, Oaks Day is like a Saturday. I got you. Let's so, go, baby. So you look at All right, race nine at Churchill Downs, the eight bells. It's a grade two sprint race for three-year-old fillies and seven furlongs. I absolutely love the two. Pretty Birdie won the Purple Martin Stakes here, and by two and a half, two and a quarter lengths, I, th- this is my best bet of the month. Of the month? Of the month. Well, it's early. It's it just a six. Hey. You know. <laughs> okay. Very good. Uh, gentlemen, thank you. Great to see you, and uh, look forward to being with you tomorrow. Final Always a pleasure. Time. It should be a great show tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. we got plenty to talk about, obviously. 11 o'clock tomorrow right here on the Buzz Oakland Race Day.